I have a fun fact. What? Did you know that the song Monster Mash, this like the song we know as Monster Mash, is not the Monster Mash. the The song that we know is is talking about everybody dancing to a song called Monster Mash. Huh? Yeah. In the lyrics, talk about like this: the mummy or the like Dracula was va- dancing to the Monster Mash. They did the mash. They did the Monster Mash. So there's some there's some song in this universe called the Monster Mash that we don't know. Dude, Monster Mashception. Yeah. So it's called the Monster Mash because it's referring to a song that all of the Halloween characters are dancing to. There's a TikTok about it. I'll try and ta- I'll try and like link it. Who is looking up Monster Mash lore? <laughs> you're like it's, <laughs> you're like it's my TikTok. I'm the guy. <laughs> He's not the guy. You're like pretending it's I'm not you guy. so you don't like, you're not embarrassed. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. The <laughs> jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> 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 um, welcome. I don't want to say welcome yet because the intro will roll, but um, we, if, if you can't tell what we are, do you want to tell them what we are for Halloween? Listen. 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 We're sorry, my brain is not working like at all. Like everything you're saying is going into my brain and I'm just like <laughs> just like listening to you. All right, I'm here, I'm present. Sorry, I'm really thinking about what I'm talking Dude, about. Dude, oh my gosh. Okay. For Halloween, McKay and I are both Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Because we were talking about what we wanted to be for <laughs> Halloween. And we were like, what if we what if we were like Dr. Doofenshmirtz and like Perry or Candace? But we both really wanted to be Dr. Doofenshmirtz. So so we're both Dr. Doofenshmirtz. We ordered two white lab coats <laughs> and we ordered a little brown hat for KK so he can be our little agent K. Yeah. <laughs> so he could be like a dog and then he could be like KK, KK the, dog. the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well... Like I was saying earlier, this is our Halloween special. We have a lot cooked up for you. So special, you yeah. could say. So welcome to the Gallery Halloween Special. So today we're doing a little bit different of a format because usually we have one topic that we just share with each other, but this time we're doing six 15. topics. What? <laughs> we're doing six 60. topics. Can you stop it? <laughs> My favorite podcasts to listen to are those podcasts where everybody just like talks over and, each other. Yeah, they interrupt each other. And they all hate yeah, each other. Yeah, they all hate each other. And, and, and they, they all want to say yeah. things when the other yeah. person is okay. talking. Anyway. And, sorry. <laughs> I'm stupid today. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of just one, instead of just one topic each, we're doing six topics, five, um, which is one from each of like the categories that we like to like feature on gallery, which is film, video games, visual art, music, and literature. And then one, which is our favorite, like, like Halloween art of all time. I forgot to say that like all of them <laughs> All of them what? are little. All of them I are explained. a little spooky. Yeah. All of them are a little dark, fally, yeah. autumn-y. It's our favorite Halloweeny media. Halloweeny. Oh, it's our favorite <laughs> Halloween media. It's our favorite Halloween art from each category. Yeah. 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 So I say we just get into it because we got a lot okay, to cover. Yeah. Let's do it. Um. Do you want to go? F- so should we just like switch off? Uh huh. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. Go. What, Which wh- category? Whatever you want. Okay. Um, well, I just want to say that I chose one piece of art for every category, and it's Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> it's Thousand Years by That Girl. <laughs> yeah. It's the cover art of New Moon. <laughs> it's the Twilight game, if there's a Twilight <laughs> game. <laughs> the Twilight dating yeah, sim. Yeah. <laughs> the movies and the books. Hold on tight, spider monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, no, it isn't actually that. You'd, okay. you'd be surprised, though, because Twilight is, like, the best fall media in the world. Yeah, Everyone it's so knows that. good. Can you talk? Can you go? I said it was good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stupid today. <laughs> okay, I'm actually going to start with um, music. Okay. 
I think that there's going to be a lot of happy people out there, especially in our family, um, because I chose this album. I chose an album. Oh, okay, an album. Great. Mm-hmm. What is it? It is Billie Eilish's <gasps> When We All... What, I can't see it again. <laughs> when We All today. Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Exactly. That's a... Okay. Exactly. The only song I know on this one is, What do you want for me? What do you care for me? Why are you singing it like that? Because that's how she sings it. Tell me about it. Tell me about the album. <laughs> okay. That's a good choice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is, I think this is Billie Eilish's first studio album. She was like 17 when she made it. Dang. I know. And it was, I mean, it was long awaited because she was like gaining popularity at this time. And and she dropped it and it is amazing. Yeah. And, and it's super popular, which I think is really interesting because she does have like a wispy like yeah. breathy voice and stuff but her, her go ahead her voice i don't know her voice is just like lends itself very well like get you a girl who can do um what was i made for with like this beautiful ballad and also like this creepy when we all mm-hmm. fall asleep where yeah. we go very cool and so this i mean this album is very very dark and it's it has it has a lot to do with themes of like depression and like just like very, very dark, dark subjects and stuff. In kind of a twisted way. In in kind of a twisted way, yeah. And like in like drugs and stuff. And, and mm. each, even one of the songs is like, stay away from drugs. Like that's the point of one oh, of the songs. Good. <laughs> yeah, not do drugs. My favorite Halloween theme. Do drugs. Don't, wait, no. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's such a cool album because she has this like soft voice and it's paired with almost like EDM, like yeah, some her, cool beats. The bass, the bass in When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go is awesome. Yeah. And um, what's that? And Burn? That's a different album. I know it's a different album, yeah, but, but it's, it's got good. that bass. Yeah, it's yeah. good. And so she, like, she films, the, I mean, she records this with her brother Phineas, who, who does music as well. We all know that. <laughs> and they just like, together, they make some incredible music. And something, my favorite part of this music is, I mean, like, you guys should know, we're not choosing, like, objectively the best, like, Yeah, these are our thing. favorites. These are our favorites from yeah. the categories that are kind of spooky. Yeah. And this is my favorite. I love listening to this album in, like, order and stuff. Like, I'll do it when I'm on, like, yeah. drive somewhere. I'm, like, crying, like, <laughs> in the car because it's so good. I, I love it so much <clears throat> because I feel like she utilizes sound design really well. Like in one of it, she talks about like a red eye flight and you can hear the flight attendant like bing and she's like talking oh, like in the background. You played that song for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's on this album? Yeah. Cool. And like in the background, she talks about like take me to the rooftops and you can hear like the like police sirens and you can hear the wind and so cool. The like people chattering in the background. Like it is just like she creates these soundscapes with her music that are just hmm. it's so immersive it's so exciting to be in mm-hmm. and that's why i like it so cool. much yeah immersive immersive sound design yeah in she like she treats music like an experience yeah. instead of just like something you listen to in the car something that i appreciate i've been really picky with like music through the years and i don't i've just never latched onto one artist and something that camille has really helped me do is like pay attention to how music makes me feel rather than how it sounds and that just like opens stuff up because now I just I listen to so much that's why I have my 1930s album (laughs) because it's just like I don't know like I start listening to it and I just get in this headscape of like I don't know like it's immersive it's like I feel way more immersed in music when I focus on how it makes me feel and (laughs) that's really cool and I feel like Billie Eilish is very good at that She's great at it. Amazing. If, if you want to feel a range of emotion, listen to the album and you'll feel like awesome and, and seductive and exciting like in Bad Guy, which yeah. actually was inspired by Moriarty from Sherlock. Really? Did you know that? No. Oh, no, wait, no. Wrong one. I'm a liar. Uh. I'm stupid today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. Um, You Should See Me in a Crown is on that album. And that's okay. inspired by Moriarty from Sherlock. Wow. Okay. Isn't that funny? Dang, dude. <laughs> Wow. But like it's like stuff like that where you feel like awesome, and there's other songs where you're like like Zanny, and it's like all my friends do drugs, and mm. the, and that song itself is designed really well because it sounds like her her audio pans from side to side, and and it sounds yeah. like she's intoxicated somehow. And uh, yeah, one one song that I think is a good example of this is Ocean Eyes. It's not on the album. It's not on the album, but <laughs> you're naming every other. I know, Billie but Eilish I song. know that's just because I listen to like her different stuff. But yeah, right, yeah, I mean, yeah. isn't the, like. Ocean Eyes is very ambient and stuff. Uh-huh. She's great at it. 
We love Billie Eilish. We really like Billie Eilish. All hail. All hail Billie Eilish. Your music is Coco Melon. What? Huh? You are the- stupid today. <laughs> what the heck? You want me to do my music first? Yeah. That's actually a great segue, ambient music, because my song is a song called It's Just a Burning Memory. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. It's from it's from his 1930s playlist. It's not. Huh? A song from my 1930s playlist is sampled in it. Huh? So what this is, this is a song um, released in 2016 by The Caretaker. That's his name. That's his uh, name. And it's part of an album called Everywhere at the End of Time. And it's this album that was released over like, it's like six of these like really long songs released over the course of like a, like three years, I think. Hmm. And the purpose of the album is, you know, the, these six studio albums, I, I, I don't know how many there are. I, I didn't do enough research, but these albums and these songs, um, they use really degrading samples of ballroom music. Hmm to represent like to represent alzheimer's and like the the slow like burn that is alzheimer's like the slow decline like the slow decline oh and so the song that i'm speaking of is easily the most popular it's called it's just a burning memory and it samples heartaches which is that al boli song that's like heartaches yeah and it kind of sounds jolly and it was in the shining yeah but this song slows it down and makes it super echoey whoa and it's been this song has been really popular with like liminal space media yeah and you just have to listen to it because like you you'll, you'll be like i mean talk about ambient tracks this is just like it makes you feel lost and like it's a really specific feeling that 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 they capture with this song and that's really all i have to say about it it's spooky it's cool it's it's one of those ones where you just like you're like in a different dimension yeah you're 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 like like the back rooms yeah Yeah, dude (laughs) it is a cool song so that's my that's my favorite little spooky scary halloween song i have to listen to it i like it's weird to be like it's a spooky scary halloween song because it's like deals with something so serious but it's just this empty sounding song and it's Really cool. It's just a burning memory. That's the name of the song. I it's thought, really cool. I thought you were going to do spooky, scary skeletons. I almost did. Really? Just because that's like a, it had a recent boom in popularity. Yeah. And it's it's fun. It's fun. Spooky, scary skeletons. One time when we were dating, you sent me this uh, YouTube video of a ghost to do it. Yeah, the ghost, ghost duet. duet by and Louis it's just, Zong. He's like, yeah, these like cute ghosts. Yeah. When it's a cute little duet. Yeah. And you were like, this reminds me of you. And it, I never forgot that. Oh, <laughs> I love you. Every time I see it, I'm like, McKay loves me. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I know that song. I know. That song was a cute little lo-fi song. Yeah. Kay. Okay. All right. You want to go next? What yeah. are you going to choose next? Tell me what to do. Why don't you do, let's do our movies. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 this is so fun. Okay. What is it? Okay. It is Hong Kong cinema. Okay. It is from 1985. Okay. And it is called Mr. Vampire. Wait, you've told. I think I've heard of this. Yeah, you better. Did you tell me about it. it? Did you tell me about it? Yeah. Okay, go talk about it. <laughs> um, let's see. It is a kung fu horror comedy. What? <laughs> yeah. This sounds amazing. It's I'm awesome. adding it to my watch list like, awesome. right now. <laughs> it's so good. I loved watching it. I watched it in like one of my like history of film classes. And okay. Stuff. And like we go like through all of this foreign film, and like this was like one of the ones he brought up for Mr. Hong Kong Vampire, wow. and stuff. And it and I found it so interesting, and I like it so much because it's so different from the Western idea of vampires. Like 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 for us, a vampire would be like Dracula. has the long fangs and blah, blah, blah. everything like that. But like a Hong Kong like version of a vampire is more like a vampire zombie mix, and cool. there are things. They are called, I can't, I don't know how to say it and I'm not going to embarrass myself. It's like GNG or something. Did I write it down? No. If any Japanese listeners are watching, which I doubt. Uh, bully me online. <laughs> and um, so it's, they have long fingernails instead of long teeth, like fangs. Oh, interesting. They've got long fingernails and they stab you with their fingernails. And so that's why like sometimes you see like... um classic vampire portrayals and they have got their like fingers up like arched fingers and they're coming towards you like that oh and it's cause yeah they're gonna stab you with their fingernails Dude, not like their that cla- fangs yeah there's like that classic picture of dracula where he's like that with the fingernails oh, yeah because he's cool. gonna get you with your fingernails 
And then they're like scared of their reflections. They can see themselves, but if you put a mirror in front of them, they'll get really scared. Okay. And instead of garlic, you have to like, they're purified by sticky rice, like pure sticky rice. That's awesome. And if you get like white rice in it and stuff, like it won't work. And so it has to be pure sticky rice. And, uh, and this is all set so forth fun. in the movie, Mr. Yeah, Vampire? Yeah. This is actually like kind of set up. Like if you don't understand this about like Hong Kong vampires, oh, okay. then you'll be like, why are they jumping? Because they jump, by the way. They don't walk. They like hop towards you. And so they're like <laughs> hopping vampires. We got to watch this. It's just so entertaining. It's awesome. And it's just like, like it's very silly. It's very funny, but it's also scary. Like you're on the cool. edge of your seat the whole time. And it's it's basically about this like kung fu master who like has a vampire and he's attacking everyone and he has these two stupid like apprentices that like follow him around and it's there's everything from like backflips off of walls and like people oh. turning into vampires another thing about the vampires in this is that you have to hold your breath when they pass you by and if you hold your breath they won't see you really and so there's a lot of gags on them like trying to hold their breath or like breathing through bamboo sticks so they hear the breath like on the other end of the bamboo stick dude it is the funniest movie of all time it is so fun and it's so scary so what's your favorite thing about it i love how much like i genuinely enjoyed it like sitting there Mm. i was on the edge of my seat but i wasn't like terrified because i'm kind of a baby when it comes to scary movies and I can appreciate a lot of horror in like cinema. Like I, sure. I love horror as a genre, and mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. <clears throat> but it really scares it's scary. me. <laughs> I have like I'm scary. a nightmare girl, and I have nightmares for like a billion weeks after. Dude, we saw Nope, and you had nightmares <laughs> not about the UFO, but about the monkey. The monkey was so scary. <laughs> <laughs> and like, remember that night after we watched it? Like, I would always like wake you up, and I'd be like, "Please stay awake with me. I don't I'm want like, to be awake." You're like, alone. "Is the monkey in here?" I'm like, "I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, dear." <laughs> it was so scary. I love or that like movie. Like when I watched War of the Worlds for like the first time, that little like arm coming in and stuff. The like I with, dreamt about the that one forever. With, is is it Matthew McConaughey that's in that one? No. All I remember, no, Tom Cruise. All I remember were the alien arms, and then they put all the humans in the cages and stuff. Yeah, that is so the one with scary. Tom Cruise. Is that Tom Cruise? It was so oh, look scary. It up. That one is scary. I saw that as like a kid. Dang, dude. And it like traumatized me. Why? Anyway, Mr. Vampire. How could you watch War of the Worlds the but not play Temple Run as a kid? Anyway, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> <good>. Jody? <laughs> Explain. That's my mom's name. Um, so that's my movie. We should watch it together because you'd love it. Dude, the segues on this one are crazy. I'm really? really glad that we talked about Nope. Okay. No one's so scary. Don't talk about it. I'm not it. talking about okay. Nope, <laughs> but I am talking about a Jordan Peele film. Get Out. I'm talking about Get Out. I knew you would. Get Out is my favorite horror film next to The Shining. Mm-hmm. Because, so Get Out is directed by Jordan Peele. If you don't know who Jordan Peele is, you probably do anyways. Because <laughs> you know Key and Peele? You know the substitute teacher, Balake Aaron thing? He's yeah, the dude, kid that was that goes, everybody's personality in like middle school. Everybody's yeah, right. like, hey, hey, like, Ron. Yeah, anyway, yep. it's a hilarious <laughs> short. But the kid at the end, Timothy, <laughs> who's like, in the second one, he's like, I have to go pick up my daughter. And like, yeah, yeah. That is Jordan Peele. And that guy, who's a part of this comedy duo, went on to direct some of the most like poignant, like creepy, and like, like, I can't think of a better word than poignant yeah. like horror films. They're so well done. And Get Out was his debut. So the plot is really cool um, because the plot is about this um, this black man named Chris. And he's dating this white woman. And I, I this, you know, I say the races because it's important to the story. Um, he, <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. Um, he's dating this white woman. You're laughing because you know how <laughs> awful it is. <laughs> You're like, yeah, they, yeah. that is important. I had like, nightmares about it. <laughs> yeah. So he's dating this white woman and they go and visit her white family. And weird things are going on. And you later find out that um, all of these like rich white people come over to like visit this family. They have this like lunch party. And this white family has this like, I don't want to call it a business, but it's like this program where they like capture black people and the white people like auction to like buy the black people. And then they perform surgery where they put the white people's brains in the black people so the white people can like live forever. 
That's a really, really basic bare bones uh-huh. summary of the plot. Uh-huh. And if that sounds bad and racist, it is. Because it is. It, it is. <laughs> it's a huge commentary on race and like taking advantage of another person's skin color. Uh-huh. So you have this gripping horror film that is funny. It's it it says really great messages about about race, and it's. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite thing about it is is why it's scary. Because it it could be like not a horror movie. It could be like if you like did it differently, you wouldn't you wouldn't need to make it like scary. Yeah. But Jordan Peele, rather than like jump scares and like classic horror like elements like slashers and like although there are some of that in the, at the end of the film. It's it's more about like disturbing ideas, dude. That one part, like I always like sit and think about that one part where that old guy is like it's at night and that he's old guy's running, like yeah he's running, running straight towards, at him and he's yeah. like oh he's like oh but <laughs> that scared me so bad yeah but the way that Jordan Peele like lines like little clues up throughout the movie and then that auction scene where everything like you're like um, oh my gosh that's what's happening and then it, the ball just keeps rolling and you're like. Oh my gosh, I have never like thought of this like being possible like to be shown in like a film. Yeah. And like you just think of the idea of it and what they're doing in the movie and that's what's scary. Mm-hmm. That's the horror part is you're just like you feel gr- you're like, "Ugh, what a twisted idea." But it ends up in just a beautiful artistic film that has a lot of great stuff to say for like race for like social messages mm-hmm. and for horror and it's camille approved i didn't have it is camille I didn't have approved. a lot of nightmares after that one only a couple i would say that like anybody could watch it like 18 and up like yeah. <laughs> i would say that it's like a great like entry-level horror yeah 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 go watch it it's awesome it's um, really good so yeah get out jordan peele is amazing because that being a debut film yeah, he knocked Blows it out of the mind. park. Blows my mind. He knocked it out of the park. And every film, although I didn't like Us, his second film, as much as Get Out or Nope, all of them are really strong. Seriously. Jordan Peele is just, I mean, he, I feel like he's like the male Greta Gerwig, <laughs> where like, he just kind of like gets it and like yeah. kind of kills it every single time. Like a young director. Yeah, up like and a young director with great ideas. Anyway, great. that's Get Out. Amazing horror film. Yeah. Go watch it. It's awesome. Approved. Okay, what do we do next? Why don't you choose the next right. topic? Um, Let's do games. Okay, games. You go first this time. All right. We've talked about a lot of twisted stuff. You're doing Last of Us. No. You're doing uh, <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's. No. Oh, We've wait, talked... wait, wait. They, wait, have we told them about what happened to us at Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah, we talked yeah. about it in the last episode. <laughs> we tried one night. We got too scared. We <laughs> couldn't play it. <laughs> That's how scared we are. So this is still a very Halloween-y game. You might, it might not come to mind when you think Halloween. <laughs> Halloween-y. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> Stupid Weenie. today. Dude. We've talked about Get Out. You know, we've talked about Billie Eilish. You know, really twisted dark stuff. Uh-huh. But my game is Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> of course it is. I So really the only thing Halloween-y about this is the zombie part. <laughs> Weenie. But the re- stop. <laughs> you gotta stop. Stop saying that then. Halloween-y. <laughs> sorry. What do I say sorry. instead? <laughs> Halloween-ish. Spooky. Okay, the only part of this game that has to do with Halloween is the zombies. Yeah, yeah. So this is a really, it's got a really cute art style. It's It's got bright, vibrant colors, very cute character designs. No, it, I had nightmares about them. You had nightmares about <laughs> Plants vs. Zombies too? I played too. it as a kid and I'm like, dang, the zombies are going to get my house. <laughs> Gotta get a pea shooter or something. You can't have any, oh, anyways. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Thank you. I think they're fun character designs, but apparently it's too sca- It's rated like E for everyone, I'm pretty sure. But it's E a for too- everyone except Camille. <laughs> e for except Camille. Yeah, yeah. So it's a 2009 tower defense game. So you are not moving a character. What it is is, is you have like a lawn, like a yard, and there are zombies. It's like divided into like a grid, 
and there are like five lanes and you have to place. So I'm getting ahead of myself. There are zombies slowly walking towards your house. And if they reach the house, you lose. But you have a wide selection of these special plants that do all these different things to try and stop the zombies. You have pea shooters that like are kind of your main like gun item. They shoot like peas at the zombies. And so the game is so addictive because it is constantly introducing, it'll give you a new cool plant. And then immediately in the next level, it'll give you a super hard zombie that can be beaten by that plant you got. Hmm. So like every time a new zombie is introduced, you're given the tools to take care of it. Hmm. And so it's this constant. So as the game progresses and progresses, it gets more and more complex because you have all of these zombies that do these different things to your plants. They move around in different ways and you have plants that shoot different projectiles. They do different things to the zombies. And so further into the game, you really have to strategize and think, okay, I have the, you get to see the zombies that are coming towards your house before you start the level. And you have to be like, okay, what plants, what do I need to like combat these zombies? Like how can I efficiently, how can I choose like a plant that'll take care of this type of zombie? And it is, it's kind of perfect. It, I can't think of a lot of flaws with the game. It's kind of short, but it is so polished and it just, I've never played anything like it. And the Plants vs. Zombies series has never been the same because they did a sequel and then they did another one. And then they did like a, like a, a first person shooter spinoff version. And I don't know, then EA bought it and it was all downhill because EA, but anyway, I love Plants vs. Zombies. And my I think my favorite thing about it is it's just like nostalgic for me. Yeah. I played it a bunch as a kid. It was my favorite game for a while. And it's the game that like my family played a bunch together. So I love Plants vs. Zombies. And I love playing it around Halloween time. The zombies are super fun. So I did a lot of talking. Do you have any thoughts? Yes. I think the football player zombie is really sexy. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else to say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like talking. That silence spoke volumes. <laughs> You're like talking about like, you have to have a specific plant for each specific zombie. Your entire and head I'm just is like, like, oh, the football player zombie. He's got his little hand out. <laughs> what? He could push me over any day. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um. Yeah, I like Plants vs. Zombies. Cool. That's it. Yeah, that's all you got to say. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. What's <laughs> What's your game? You had a good explanation there, though. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Okay. On to my video game. What is it? Well, this was really hard for me because I was stuck between two. One, I I'm not going to explain. So I won't. Okay. That's all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God, that's my video game. Um, I was okay. I was going to talk about Howling Dogs. Mm, okay. And this is it's very niche. It's very like yeah. If you don't know what different. Howling Dogs is, it's like you want to explain it. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a black screen with white text. It's a text-based journey video you game choose your own experience. Adventure kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can you can only progress through the story when you click on the bolded words. And sometimes there's multiple bolded words and sometimes they're all over the page. And it's just a really cool experience. And so I would definitely highly recommend it. We'll link it in the bio. It's just creepy and beautifully written. And yeah. everyone should play Howling Dogs at yeah. some point in their life. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take very long. So play that. That but is not your game. That's not that okay. one. Everybody should do it, but I, I sorry, I just thought that we should talk about it cuz Howling Dogs is so awesome. It's so good. It's oh awesome. my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. Everyone should play it. Yeah. Um, but the one I want to talk about was Inside. Oh. <laughs> Inside is awesome. I think it it was nominated for Game of the Year in 2016. Seriously? Yeah, and I know what happens in the ending even though I haven't played the whole thing. I played a good chunk of it. The ending is crazy. I know. Okay, talk about it. Because so, I don't have much to say. I haven't played it that much. I like games with little funny art styles. And mm -hmm. that's the reason why like I, I, I looked at Limbo and Inside. Mm -hmm. I like puzzle games. I just like games that look like that. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll play this. And McCain, I know we played like the first half together. And then yeah, it was well, when we were dating. You played it by yourself for yeah. a while. And you were like, McKay, you got to try this I game I was like, out. look. Yeah. Look. 
Um, and it's just it's such a it's such a cool game. You play as basically like this like little boy, and you're like running around and stuff. And there's like there's like not a lot of dialogue, if any. I haven't played it in a long time, but what is so striking about it is that it's like almost body horror, like later on in the game. Yeah, which was my favorite part. Like as Why? you're what happens? Well, well, first as you're going through the game, you're you're going through like this dark forest and this city and everything like that. And a lot of the times you don't interact with things, but you you see it happening in the background. Like you see a ton of people like marching in like slave lines basically in the city and you're chased by like people in cars in the beginning in the forest. Like you can tell that like you're being hunted um. and there's something happening in some sort of dystopian way in the background and you're never really told what's happening. But it seems like some kind of apocalypse or, or war or genocide thing. Something's happening and it's really scary. It's it's amazing. It's storytelling. Yeah. It's amazing. A show don't tell. Visual storytelling. The medium of video games. And there's just some terrifying parts of the game where you're like swimming and something's after you, and it like comes and gets you. And I stuff. remember those parts. It's really hard. It sounds scary. And like it really would put you on edge. Like there's, I know there's a lot of video games out there that will put you on edge, like Silent Hill and like Five Nights at Freddy's and stuff that are like Resident truly Evil. terrifying. Yeah. Resident Evil Four. But this was one of those games that I loved because it just totally drew me in. Mm-hmm. And there's there's parts of the video game where where you're inside this facility with these people who are being controlled or enslaved or something. Yeah. And oh, like, man. So much is coming one, back to my memory. Yeah. There's this one part where you have to stand in a line of these like slave people and you have to like walk the same pace as they do and stop when they do. And mm. like there's like people watching. And if you don't, you get like caught and Damn. stuff. Yeah. It's so scary. And then at the very end, the, what I'm talking about with body horror is that you have to use, like, these little slave people and control them. And, like, you have to, like, pile them up sometimes and, like, put Whoa. them on, like, weights that open other puzzles. It's, In the yeah. end, this is a little bit of a spoiler. So if you just skip ahead a couple seconds if you don't want to hear it. But in the end, like, you end up with these, like, little slave people. They get, like, mushed together. And you're just a ball of arms and Ugh. flesh. And you kind of roll around. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And when I was playing it, I was like, oh, this is horrible. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, yeah, man. It is, like, it takes advantage of the medium of video games really well. And I would say that, like, if you had to, if you had to make me choose games that were, like, to prove that video games are an art form, Inside is, like, one of the top. Seriously. It's so cool. And there's, like, with video games and horror, there's so much to say. But there's something so visceral about choosing things that are just disgusting. And you don't want to be a part of it. And you want to look away from the screen, but you're controlling the character so you can't. So interesting. Oh, it's so, there's so much to say on about it. But Listen, that's my favorite one, Inside. Love it. What a great game. Yeah. I was hoping you would choose Inside. Yeah. What a cool game. <laughs> it's so good. Inside is awesome. I have yet to play Limbo. It's on my list. Yeah. It's, isn't it in your Steam library? Yeah. Cool. I, I think Inside was inspired by Limbo, which is why I got Limbo. They're by the same people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Great. Okay. You do something. Should we, let's talk about our art first. Okay. My piece, my visual art is a painting by Vincent van Gogh. My favorite painter. Skeleton smoking the cigar. No, it's not. It is, I hate to be boring because this is a little, it's not boring, it's cool. It's the potato eaters. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> the real, the real scare poverty. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real horror. Uh oh my gosh. <laughs> the that real, was funny. The real horror eating potatoes. Being in a basement and being called the potato eaters by Vincent Mago. My visual art is this painting. And it's just ah. it <laughs> It says boo in the sky. Ah. No. This is a um This is a painting by Vincent Van Gogh. It's just called The Autumn Landscape. And it's a beautiful autumn landscape. It's just I kid you not, it's grass, trees, and sky. But I, I don't. I think I was making like a PowerPoint for like our like a family PowerPoint night, and I was looking for art by Vincent Van Gogh, and I saw this one, and there's something so serene about it. I love the way that these. Oh, is it falling over? Uh huh. Sorry, our set's falling apart. It's the vibes of the painting. It's the ghost. Yeah. yeah. This painting is so serene. It's so if you want to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If you want to like 
imbue like a sense of calmness from your painting. You're so sexy when you use big words. Oh, imbue? Sorry, huh? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to imbue, imbue like, like um, a, a feeling of calmness from your painting, you use horizontal lines. Huh. And there's so many horizontal lines in the sky. And of course, the ground is all horizontal. And then you have these beautiful vertical trees, which kind of creates this sense of order and repetition. And it's just nice to look at. It's great composition. You have this kind of bunch of trees right here that you can tell are kind of secluded from the rest of the trees. And I don't know, man, it tells it tells a bit of a narrative because you can see like there's some distance back here. You know, mm -hmm. th th there's a path that goes back there and there's birds. It's so serene. It represents that kind of calm, warm fall. Yeah. That is just so beautiful. I mean, this is like, I feel like this is like, one of those days where you can go out, one of those like fall days where you can go out in a t-shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just kind of enjoy. Because you can see the blue skies back there. Yeah. And... Oh, man. And the way that, you know Van you know Van Gogh and his color usage, but you also know Van Gogh and his amount of paint usage. And you can just see the texture. You can mm -hmm. tell that he's like hitting his brush against the canvas. He's using that paint. So. That's beautiful, McKay. Yeah. I even another way to look at this painting is it could be a little scary like it could be the birds flying away and like I don't know this just this line mm. seems so dark in there like um audio listeners audio listeners you're gonna have to look up this painting because it, it truly is it's serene yeah. but also a little it's hiding something yeah I'll I'll put it as the episode art so you can just look at like your phone if you're listening on Spotify I was paintings that people like if they saw this in a in the di they would draw a little ghost on it yeah yeah totally and then they'd be like oh no so it was yeah because it's really not one of the most if like you saw this you'd be like that's not van gogh yeah because it doesn't have any of his stylistic stuff at all i don't know when this was painted exactly it might have been early on but i love that you added that it was kind of scary it does look you said that and spooky. i looked at it and i was like oh it is kind of scary <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> there's now something it's scary <laughs> there's something kind of ominous about if it. you if you had this framed and i saw it in daytime i'd be like that's beautiful and if i saw it at nighttime i'd be like i'm a little scared interesting yeah the duality of of visual art that's really cool awesome okay beautiful okay thank, thank you. you your turn okay i'll use your ipad oh i just zoom into your painting yeah um okay mine is an artist that i found on instagram yes these are the best <laughs> and I was going to talk about an Instagram artist, but I think she's an amazing artist. Who is and it? I'm I'm really or or they I don't know um, pronouns, but they're they're an amazing artist, and the, just the work that they put out and the emotion and the animalistic art behind it's just so cool. And so I'm going to say all of the names wrong here, but it's it's called. Is it up? Can I turn the iPad? Yeah, you can. Yeah, I've, oh, I've shown it to you before. It's, I think I've seen this. It's Suzitze Art, and her name or their name is Essie Valenmaki. I don't know how to say any of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Okay. And so what she does is is I keep that. Really quick, audio listeners, this is an image of two. It's very bright and saturated. It's two wolves tied together. One is red and seething and angry and kind of insane looking, and uh -huh. one is weeping. Uh huh. And and so the blue one's weeping and all sad, and the and they they call themselves an illustrator and a comic artist, and it's because a lot of their we'll their art them. comes in like frames or panels and their stories. Okay. And oh. so this one says the sad wolf says I'm sad because of your hatred, and the red wolf says I'm hateful because of your sadness. This continual like shift. Mm -hmm. And then the next panel says, it's oh. them together again. And it says, good grief, how much I despise you. And it's both of them saying it at the same time. And they're they're literally physically tied together. Like their fur is you tied together. You can see together. Their, their fur in mm -hmm. a knot. And I just think like all of her art looks like this. It's very intense. And and all of the wolves that she draws, like she, most, they, she mostly draws like wolves and and animals and sheep and stuff. And they're all like mutilated or falling apart and, or, or tied together. And so stuff it seems like, like you that. picked kind of a tame. Yeah, kind yeah. Kind of a tame picture. I included, I included some other examples here. You um, want to swipe? Yeah. Let me show you. Wow. Very cool. I know. I have a lot to say. Here's oh, another one of my favorite ones. Whoa. That's my favorite one so far. <laughs> Audio listeners, this is a black wolf and 
through the eyes you can kind of see like a an x-ray vision the eyes have this like all this like red scary hands and eyes and and, and, and wolf. snarling wolves coming in through the eyes and then inside the mind is just this little blue lamb and it's all coming through there and it's just like like this idea of what you're seeing is scaring that lamb inside of you interesting kind of Ooh. and i love their artwork because it's just so like deep and and it's such a good visual representation of like mental health issues and like the darkness and the loneliness and the hurt and the anger that can be inside of people and she just she or they 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 create it in such a way that's totally like visible like you can see the pain you can see the the how upset the wolf is and stuff. yeah it's amazing how sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no, you you're but good. it's amazing how expressive these wolves are mm -hmm. Um, I was going to say this person has very, like a beautiful use of a line, mm -hmm. but my favorite thing is, is the way that, uh, first off, this is digital art, which is awesome. Digital art is so viable and I'm glad that you picked some digital art. Um, th um, the eye of the red angry wolf is just like pure orange and then a dot. And it just really like, like illustrates well that that enraged insanity uh-huh and in these ones her use of their, their use of contrast um is really cool you've got this black wolf and then this pure white lamb very cool it's very awesome cool. it's Dang. very very i was cool. not expecting you to pick that it's it's one of my favorites because I, I think I, I stumbled across them like on pinterest or, or instagram or whatever i follow them on instagram and Every time I see their art, I just feel connected to them and connected to this community of people that are really hurt sometimes. Huh. And the idea of there being visual art out there that connects to that part of you that that is terrified or it's like fighting against yourself in a way, it is so profound. What a unique pick. Yeah. That was great. Thank you. Man. Thank you. Okay, we have two more categories left. We have... um. We have our literature, and then we have our favorite of all time, mm -hmm. um, at like any category. Um, so I think it's your turn to go first. Talk about your book, okay, or what, or literature, or whatever. I guess what I'm doing. No. <laughs> <laughs> is it a book or is it like a poem? It's a short story. Is it um, the lottery? Yeah. <laughs> yes, dude. I guessed this earlier. The lottery's awesome. So this cool. is a this is a weird, scary story. Um, Are you going to read it or just? No, oh, okay. but this is. This <laughs> we already is, did that last episode. Yeah. This is one of the most famous short stories of all time. Like I, if you haven't heard of the lottery, then did you go to school? No. <laughs> you had, you didn't go to school. Played Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> but just as a, as a, as a brief description, I'll read like the like synopsis. Sure. Um, the lottery takes place on June 27th, a beautiful summer's day, in a small New England village where all the residents are gathering for their traditional annual lottery. Though the event first appears festive, it soon, it soon becomes clear that no one wants to win the lottery. Tessie Hutchinson seems unconcerned about the tradition until her family draws the dreaded mark. Then she protests that the process wasn't fair. The winner, it turns out, will be stoned to death by the remaining residents. Tessie wins, and the story closes as the villagers, including her own own family members, begin to throw rocks at her. Insane, and that's like the whole story. Yeah, like it's just. Go ahead. I don't want to explain the whole thing. It's. I chose it, and I really like it because you're like leading up to this. You know something is wrong as you read it. It's one of the. I love short stories because they're just so powerful. They can like pack a punch. And you, you read it and you know something's weird about the lottery, just a little bit. And then when you finally get to the part where you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to stone her to death. You're like, it, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> like, yeah, you because you it doesn't like, say guess. anything about it, the whole story. Yeah. And suddenly you're like, huh? Like, this is allowed. They, they allow this to happen. This is a tradition. This is something yeah. that they willingly participate in. It is like. And then it ends. And then it ends. You don't get anything else. Allowed. Yeah. And why I like it so much is because I feel like when media, I feel this way about The Last of Us too, mm. when media has something really scary, it's like, oh yeah, that's scary. But when, but when the scary thing is humans, 
yeah. or when it's like mob violence yeah. or the like traditions that can be like harmful and stuff that are perpetuated by generations. Kind of like Get Out a yeah. little bit. Yeah. That's the true horror. Yeah. And just like the, the capability of other people to hurt other people. That's what scares me. Mm. And so when I saw like War of the Worlds, the aliens were really scary. But yeah. what really scared me was when the mob gangs up on them and they're beating on the car doors, like trying yeah. to get in the car. Same thing with Jordan Peele's Nope. Um, like the scary, th- like the the big UFO is there. But what really is horrifying is humans' fascination with watching horrible things happen. Or like trying to tame like the UFO and yeah, make it yeah. a, like a spectacle. It's almost like humans are the real monsters, oh, right? That's crazy. <laughs> Dude. But I I love it. And if you haven't read it, it's a short read. And I, I really did spoil it just now, so I'm sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> read it if you have a chance. It's so good. Who's it by? Do you know the author? Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson. Cool. Mm-hmm. You could just find a PDF anywhere. Great. Um, My book is in the, quote, old guy whose wife dies and goes on a journey with a young companion genre, which is Everything. God of War, Up, The Last of Us. Uh, well, I guess the last of us, his daughter dies, but old guy who has a loved one that dies and then goes on a journey with a young person. Klaus is a good example. Hunt <laughs> for the Wilder People. Anyway, it is The Road. The Road. The Road by Cormac McCarthy, which Whoa. is right here on our set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, wow. So I am reading The Road by myself, but I first quote read it when you read it to me while on a drive home i was driving and she had the book and we were you read it to me same thing as an audiobook well okay listen the only the only reason i started reading it to mckay was because i would like read something just utterly traumatic and i would be like oh my gosh you'll never yeah yeah you'll never guess what's happening in my book and i'd like explain it to him and he would be like what are you reading (laughs) and then eventually like it's like the book was like she was reading silently and i could all i could think about was like what she had read and i was like i turn off the music i'm like start reading aloud i need to hear this (laughs) So I've started to, to read the whole thing, and um, wow. Hey, yeah. Dang. Okay, so here's the plot. The, the plot is old guy who whose wife dies, and then he goes on a journey with his with his a young companion. Mm-hmm. It's a guy. It's a father and son. They're in this post-apocalyptic um, world. Mm-hmm. But the amazing thing about the road is, I'll touch on this later because I want to talk about the plot first. But something happened. They're in this ash-covered, dead world. Mm-hmm. And they're in the United States, and they realize that they cannot survive the winter where they are, so they start traveling south to where it's going to be warmer. Um, and along the way, they find, like, cannibals and these things called blood cults, and they meet up with, you know, you know marauders who try and capture them. Their stuff gets stolen. And it is just um, uh, drab, like not drab, <laughs> like not drab in it's a bad drab. way, but it is dark and brooding and sinister and just dead. It's for that one. I feel like it's the unknown. That's the scariest part. I'm glad you said that because that's why like there's a film adaptation of The Road and I admittedly would love to make my own film adaptation of The Road, but have it be animated, of course. But this book is perfect as a book because it's what you don't see that's so scary. This book gives you, it doesn't even tell you what the characters look like or their names. Yeah. It doesn't tell you what happened, what kind of post-apocalyptic thing. You can only assume. And that is, it's a, it's a monkey pox type of mm-hmm, horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know what that kind of horror is, look read, up, that read, one. read the monkey's paw. But basically... You have no idea what happened, and you can only imagine these horrible things that they're seeing, and that's why it's so scary. Is because they're making this journey across this, this you know, dead America, and you have no idea what they're going to run into, and it's the unknown that's so scary. Mm-hmm. But what I like about it is, despite it being so, like horrifying, it is one of the like most uplifting stories as well, because constantly. The boy and the the dad and the boy are constantly talking about how they're the good guys and they are carrying the fire. Mm -hmm. You don't know what that is. It's just a phrase that they always say, we got to keep going. We're carrying the fire. And 
every bad situation that they get into, they get out of. They end up victorious at every turn. And they even find like, eventually they find like a bunker full of like food and supplies and spoilers. So skip a few uh, uh, ahead of it. Um, the man dies peacefully next to his son. You know, he doesn't get killed or like no apocalyptic things happen to him. He dies peacefully. The boy goes off alone. And then like moments later, the boy is found by a, a nice man and his family. We can assume. So, you know, there's, there's, there's themes of morality of, you know, you know, their stuff gets stolen and like, how do they treat the guy who stole their stuff? Cause like, they're just trying to survive too. But there's a real, there's a real semblance of hope in this book mm-hmm. that kind of keeps you going just as much as the unknown does. There's something so real about that book. And and it's written in such a beautiful way. Cormac McCarthy does an amazing, amazing rest job. in peace. Maybe yeah. rest in peace. And like, like a, a weird little thing about this book is that um, Cormac doesn't use dialogue quotes. Like, yeah, it's all just in line, and it's it's all a part of just this experience that that he's like writing out for you to to see. Yeah, with him somehow. Yeah. It's so visual. It's despite amazing it being a book. It's oh. wow. Oh. It's, it might be my favorite book right now. And admittedly, I haven't read. I need to read more books, but it is. Man, there's something about it. But definitely. Definitely recommend Definitely read that. it. Oh, yeah. It's hard. It's pretty disturbing, It's hard. Though. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, we're, we're, like, we're like, we're like, wow, read this amazing sure. book. Oh, wait, oh, wait there's wait like second, cannibals maybe, and yeah. like awful stuff. It's like a dead baby, yeah. But it's... Anyway. Oh, man. Okay, wow. Great pick. Whew. Great pick. That is all five of our favorite things yeah. from our category. We got Billie Eilish. We got Plants vs. Zombies. Inside. Uh, Wolf Guy on Instagram. Uh, Vincent Van Gogh. We got Jordan Peele. We got It's Just a Burning Memory. We got so much. And we got, uh, what was your film? Mr. Vampire. Mr. Vampire. I was going to add to the things you were saying, but I couldn't remember one thing I talked about. So <laughs> Hey, that's okay. Thanks. Um, cool. Cool. So cool. Cool. Uh, a lot to unpack, but I mean, Halloween and horror and spooky things take, you know, there's so many hats. There's so mm-hmm. many ways mm-hmm. to to be scared or to be spooked. And the way that like Halloween media can go from Hubie Halloween with like Adam Sandler and stuff to to things as deep and as visceral as the road yeah. is so fun to me. And it's all valid. It's yeah. all so fun. Yeah. You know? <sighs> Let's get on to our favorite. Let's get on to our favorite of all time. Yeah. Mine is a bit of a stretch. Coraline. It's not Coraline. Is Everybody's, that yours? Well, no, I'm scared. Coraline is freaking I'm awesome. I'm so scared of Coraline. I know, you should I know. Be. It's, Everybody's it's gonna horrifying. get mad at me, but no, it's it's horrifying. No, I need this. Oh, you need this? Yeah. Is it visual art? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gimme. Hold on, let me turn the brightness down. When Kay. can I have an iPad? Buy me an iPad. Me no have money. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh yeah, pull up your visual art. Okay, so this visual art is is Camille's favorite of all time. Dang, there might be too much art to put on the cover. You might have to look the the art up yourself, but That's all right. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. My favorite, my favorite spooky art of all time. Okay. Is an artist called Boris Groh. Say it again. Boris Groh. Have you ever heard of him? No. Um, He's awesome. Show me his stuff. <laughs> he's really cool. Ooh. Turn up your brightness there Whoa. so you can see it. Um, oh, that is awesome. That is um whoa. He does oils, and yeah, he, he does. He does. Oh, that is so cool! Like huge skeletons. Just oh, we're gonna have to swipe. Huge skeletons, just doing huge skeleton things. His um, colors. Oh my goodness! I know. They're beautiful. Did, did he do that too? Yeah, he did. Whoa! And he did that one. And so, uh, okay, I'm whoa. so sorry, audio listeners. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, wow, this is great. <laughs> These are these beautiful, like very colorful and vibrant. Oil pastels of giant, not oil pastels, oil paints of giant skeletons and giant creatures. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. They're scary. If you look up his his drawings, there some of them are pretty scary. What's his name? Um, Boris Grow. Boris Grow. Look him up. Like a G R O H. Okay. And oh and man, they're named such funny things. Like they're named like Winter Sunrise. That one. Is yeah, Winter that sunrise. one's Winter Sunrise. This is View from the Window. This is the Sky on the Roof. 
And <laughs> some just of nice them little like, memes. Yeah, some of them are like chickens or whatever. And it's like a bunch of like huge, ginormous skeletons like eating boats. And <laughs> it's awesome. Dude, that's so cool. That's my favorite one. Yeah. And so what I like about it so much is that I am a huge like oil on campus lover, dude. I love oil on canvas and I love cloud paintings. I love paintings that are that are beautiful and serene and like they exemplify nature in like with art and stuff. And I think he does such a good job at creating these beautiful like landscape portraits or cityscapes and including this like ginormous scary monster in it. Yeah. Just just doing his thing. Like like there's one where this guy is just looking at a ginormous skeleton eating a boat off in yeah. the distance. There's one where it's this just nice, beautiful neighborhood. You can see the silhouette of like power lines in a church building and it's this gorgeous sunset. And then there are these two lanky, gigantic like figures like just looking, looking at, at you. the camera. Yeah. The, the, quote the camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, so that is I, awesome. I just love it. I feel like it's so good to look at. It's so creepy, but it's not like terrifying. The you know? colors are incredible. Are you sure this is oil? This one might be digital. Uh, some of them are digital. This some is, of them are oil. This one's digital. Cool. Mm -hmm. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I don't have much to say other than they look amazing. They're awesome. Look them up. We'll link. We'll link them. We'll link everything. But yeah. It's just. It's a lot of fun. And I. I'd, I'd suggest. I'd highly suggest looking at his other art because he has a lot more than this, and it's like it's really cool stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, man. Mine is a bit of a stretch. It's not, you wouldn't consider a Halloween, but it has zombies and aliens in it. It's zombies versus aliens. That's not a thing. Yeah, it is. Monsters versus aliens. Oh. That's a DreamWorks film that has Seth Rogen in it. It has Seth Rogen in it? Yeah, he's the blue guy. Okay, mine, <laughs> my favorite like spooky kind of horror piece of art is a video game. Five Nights at Freddy. It's Half-Life. Oh. <laughs> I love Oh, do we have to wear these ridiculous, ridiculous ties? We were going to be Black Mesa scientists for Halloween, but Camille said no, because nobody would know what we are. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> so Half-Life is a... I don't even need research because I love this game. You I have like a thousand hours. Yeah, put away the notes. Half-Life is a, is a 1998 first-person shooter that kind of revolutionized the genre in kind of the way that Mario 64 or Ocarina of Time did mm -hmm. by, you know, in, you know, Doom, like instead of Doom being like you shoot aliens in these random metal corridors and you pick up blue, it's like very like video gamey. Doom is awesome. Doom is awesome. But Half-Life put it in a real spooky setting. And basically the plot is these scientists are messing around with things that they probably shouldn't. And they see these they're basically experimenting with portal technology and activating this crystal from this other world. When they activate the crystal, it creates these these huge rifts in like the dimension or whatever. It opens mm -hmm. these portals and it brings these alien creatures that are being puppeted by a different alien race that you'll find out about in the second game um, to Earth. And basically what you have to do is you're this scientist in this hazard suit named okay, Gordon he, Freeman. He truly he must be the buffest scientist yeah, right? of all time. Dude, the things you got to do in this game. <laughs> but you're this scientist in a, a hazard suit and you have to fight your way through aliens, through the military who are assigned to like kill all the witnesses. Yeah. And you have to get to the surface and eventually go into the alien world. And there's just so much that isn't told to you. Basically, so the coolest thing about Half-Life is that there's no cutscenes. You know in games when like it'll cut away to like a movie that kind of tells you what's happening? That doesn't happen in Half-Life. You are an active participant in everything going on. Or an inactive participant. Yeah, you can totally just run past the things happening or you can go talk to the scientists and they'll be like, "Why do we have, have to, to wear, wear these ridiculous, ridiculous ties?" <laughs> no, they'll be like, um, they'll be like like, "Oh, we shouldn't have done this." I I I like I we tried to warn them. Why wouldn't they listen? They'll say, Gordon, you're late to the testing chamber. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and so you're an active participant. All of these things are happening in real time. There are all these different scenes happening in real time. And it's just, it was so revolutionary. And it's like my second favorite game of all time. It's amazing. It's Go play awesome. Half-Life. It's $10 on Steam. It'll yeah, run right. on anything. <laughs> Not Mac. <laughs> no, it'll run. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I like I like Half Life so much because it has the man in the blue suit who's mm -hmm. just like watching you sometimes. And yeah. it was so fun as like a first time player. I haven't finished the game, it was too hard. 
<laughs> but as a first time player, like going through the levels and stuff and seeing him like behind glass and being like, let me talk to him. Like, who is yeah, he? And what he is just, he like, doing? He watches you and he just adjusts his time, adjusts his time and, and like, walks, walks off. away. Tell yeah. me who he is. I don't know who he is. Dude, I don't know who he is. Don't honestly. say that. He's called the G-Man. He's in every Half-Life game. The scariest thing is the unknown. The scariest thing is the unknown. Watch Over the Garden Wall. That came out of nowhere. Thought but, I'd just I mean, say yeah, that. I mean, Watch yeah. it. Anyway. Happy Halloween. Eat some candy. Don't get too scared. Stay safe. Don't get too scared. If you don't celebrate, then put on a scary movie or something to... No nightmares, though. No nightmares, though. Maybe uh, maybe watch uh, SpongeBob Life in instead. The maybe watch Bluey. Anyway, <laughs> follow us on our socials. Um, kiss gal- us on the mouth. Kiss what? Huh? <laughs> um, gallery underscore podcast on everything. and Send us your scary recommendations but yeah. not too scary because i'm a baby yeah and let us know like what's your favorite halloween stuff mm-hmm. um yeah happy halloween bye